hand would have done some residual good. He heard a sound then. Someone, or something, was singing. The singer's voice was a moan of grief, coarse and inhuman. He recognized the song as the volume of the singing strengthened steadily with the singer's approach. He held his breath. He rippled with goose flesh, as proud on his skin as braille. It was a song Kate Rusby sang. It was, Who Will Sing Me Lullabies? He knew it because his daughter played the album from which it came sometimes in her car. Sweet, obliging Daisy, who'd happily pick her dad up from the pub when he'd had one over the eight and chauffeur him back to his comfy suburban home. And, half cut in the passenger seat, Terry, who'd always behaved as Freddy in his daughter's presence, would hum along to its infectious folky melodies. Terry Conway swallowed terror, trying to regulate the lurching thump of his heart. Silently he mouthed a prayer to a god he hadn't thus troubled since his childhood. He'd prayed often for relief from the boys who'd bullied him daily then. But his pleas had gone unanswered. Ruthie got to the spyglass ten minutes early so she could smoke without incurring that look from Nick McLean that asked why someone with so much to live for appeared so intent on committing voluntary euthanasia. She was quite good at handling emotional responses, but didn't welcome pity. She had resisted any temptation to go to the dogs in the afternoon. She'd had just the one glass of wine, and then napped for an hour and felt sufficiently rejuvenated on waking on her sitting-room sofa to write five hundred pretty good words as late afternoon crept into early evening. He arrived wearing a pale blue suit she thought probably less expensive than it appeared. He was sufficiently well put together to make it seem bespoke when it was more likely off the peg. Men with good bodies could work that sartorial trick. He also had on just a bit too much polo aftershave. He got them drinks and joined her at the table outside, and stared at the wristwatch she hadn't been wearing when they'd met earlier at the ice-cream parlour. It was a man's vintage Rolex Air King on a steel bracelet, and had cost her a lot more than her haircuts did. He took this detail in without comment, and she was reminded that he didn't miss much. It was why she had emptied the ashtray a minute before his prompt appearance there— He'd been right that she didn't care what most people thought of her, but the Scottish policeman wasn't most people. He was intelligent, conscientious, and shrewd. She wondered, not for the first time that day, what had led to his divorce, but she had more pressing concerns on her mind, relating to the disappearance. They weren't planning on taking a radio transmitter, so they'd have had no regular communication with anyone, she said. How did you find out they'd gone? We knew they were there because they chartered a boat from the mainland to take them, and its skipper alerted the coast guard. That's routine procedure. The crossing's hazardous. We have a lot of tourists in the Hebrides and a duty of care. Their encampment was by the colony's old dock and so visible to passing vessels. We requested the trawlers keep an eye on them, unobtrusively, just training their binoculars, nothing to compromise the solitude they were after. And then one day they were just gone? Three days ago, the crew of a fishing boat thought the camp looked dishevelled. Two of the tents had collapsed and had been left like that. They were sufficiently concerned to row an inflatable ashore. The camp wasn't just ramshackle, it was abandoned, not a living soul to be seen.
Ruthie shivered. She said, Sounds like they got more solitude than they were after. We don't know what they got, McLean said. Or what got them. That's the problem. What was on the shank cinefilm? I think we should eat first, he said. Talk about dragging it out. I don't think you'll have much appetite afterwards, is all. I told you earlier I haven't led a sheltered life. What does that mean, exactly? It doesn't mean I'm an easy lay. It doesn't mean I have a problem with drugs. In this specific instance, it means I've passed experience of the paranormal. I mean, fairly recent, personal experience. I don't believe in elves or fairies at the bottom of the garden. You write about those things. I do that for an audience of pre-teens. What I'm telling you now is that I'm not sceptical, but I'm not easily shocked either. Nothing will put me off my dinner.